0: hello and welcome to a monday may 2nd edition of the sports ethos dfs today podcast this is your host harris kermani and i'm going to be going solo today to break down the start of the remaining two series in the second round of the nba playoffs we saw the first one just happen on the sunday A couple of really exciting games that went right down to the wire first and foremost the Bucks were just awesome. So we're going to have to see how that series continues to progress. But that Golden State Memphis one looks like it could go pretty deep if it's going to have games end up like this, despite a uh, questionable, I would say, Draymond ejection at best. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. It is going to be two games that continue on with Philadelphia and Miami starting off their series and then Dallas and Phoenix doing theirs. And really, both of these ones have a lot of question marks coming into it with regards to especially in the case of Philadelphia-Miami, a lot of health-related questions. Uh, We know Joel Embiid is out, dealing with his orbital concussion and fracture, lots of things that could potentially be holding him out for an indefinite period of time. But we are going to focus on a little bit more of that when we get into it. But first, as always, the DFS Today podcast is proudly sponsored by Thrive Fantasy, where you can go ahead and make your daily prop bets over and under based on a number of different statistical categories, make your lineup and win big cash prizes. At this point, Thrive Fantasy has given away over $7 million in prizes and continues to do so on the daily And as a listener of the DFS Today podcast, you can use the promo code Ethos, E-T-H-O-S, to go ahead and get signed up and have your deposit up to $100 matched 100%. So definitely get yourself on there ASAP, sign up and prop up with us today. But let's get right into it with another two-game slate, another one full of variance, full of variability, but... Also, the opportunities to be able to hit it big if you can get that right combination. Philadelphia starts off the night taking on the Miami Heat in a game with a total of 208.5. So definitely not a high-scoring game, nor is this going to be a high-scoring series most likely, with the Miami Heat favored to win this game by 7.5 points. So we're going to see that both the spread as well as the total are definitely... Bigger on this game as well as a lower total versus the next one. So we're going to have to see where it is that we want to spend our focus, our budget, and our time. Starting off again with the injuries as far as Philadelphia is concerned. The biggest one, and it's going to be the shadow that looms throughout the series, is going to be that Joel Embiid one. We know that he's not going to be traveling with the team for games one and two. There is slight optimism that he can get back for the home game. So Philadelphia will be hoping that they can somehow get their rest of the troops together and see if they can steal one of these two games and bring Embiid back at home. But we're going to have to see what happens there. But as far as this game's concerned, that's going to be their major injury concern. And we're going to have to see what ends up happening as far as the lineups are handled. <clears throat> Lots of potential things that can happen there. We'll talk about that. But on the Miami side, even more questionable things and when we're talking questionable we're talking six major rotation pieces all listed questionable as far as the miami heat are concerned the good thing is both jimmy butler and tyler hero who are listed questionable did say themselves that they are intending to play this first game we're gonna to have to see what actually ends up happening over there because if they don't then there is going to be a lot of opportunity for some of these other pieces but otherwise we have Max Struss we have PJ Tucker we have Caleb Martin all of them listed as questionable while Kyle Lowry is listed as out with a hamstring injury that he had during that Atlanta Hawks series which already caused him to miss two games over there and it looks like it's going to get him to miss at least one game over here in in this second round series so lots to think about there moving right over to the Philadelphia side first and foremost it just starts right away with James Harden who saw himself get back into the level of production that we expect to see when James Harden is a focus on the offensive end and, on a game where he dropped 22-15 and on an efficient shooting night to close out the series in Toronto, as sad as that makes me feel. It was a great game for him, and I expect James Harden to be even more in focus in this series, plain and simple, but also in this specific game. Now, if Jimmy Butler is there, on the other hand, that is going to obviously be a wrinkle that Miami is going to absolutely throw right at him. Jimmy Butler has always done well against James Harden, and James Harden is just one of those guys that still... Trying to get his complete footing within the postseason. Here we're seeing that he is still not got that same full level of explosion that we have expected to see James Harden in the past. But that hasn't stopped him from being able to put up great value throughout the playoffs thus far. And I've already spoken about the fact that his price tag is below ten thousand as it has been so far in the playoffs, but it is starting to creep up to that level. But until it does, he is absolutely in play here. He's likely going to be taking more than those 12 field goal attempts on average that he did throughout the uh, Toronto series. We're likely going to get him to see uh, get closer to that high teens, maybe even low 20s as far as field goal temperature is concerned because he is going to be needed that much more on offense with Joel Embiid out and especially with that release valve not being there, he's going to be needed to go attack that paint that much more, try and get some of those Miami pieces into foul trouble, especially someone like Abam Adebayo who otherwise is in a excellent matchup so it's really going to be james harden trying his best to do what he can to get him a little off kilter a little off balance and potentially into some foul trouble outside of that the uh, the major pieces of the my, of the philadelphia 76ers remain as important as they are tobias harris has seen himself get a pretty significant price bump he was sitting at around that uh, high 6000 to 7000 range on that first series with the Raptors but he's seen his price go all the way up to 8000 here which is frankly just a little too much in comparison to what I'm willing to pay. He'd been pretty consistent throughout there but for him to need to score 40 for you to be able to hit value with him is something that I just don't feel all that comfortable doing. Now it's not like I'm going to tell you that he's not in play because he very well could be required to be that much more involved on the offensive end but if I am going to be looking to spend that I might as well look to spend that with Tyrese Maxey, who's shown himself to be ready to get a little bit more involved on the offensive end in general. He was the key factor as to what allowed them to go ahead and close out that game in Toronto. And in general, he has been one of the key reasons as to what allows Philadelphia to get their offense going with any sort of pace. He's easily going to be the fastest guy on the floor between the two teams over here, and they're likely going to be looking to take advantage of that, try to get in the paint. Again, getting Bam Adebayo in foul trouble is going to be a key key thing for what the Philadelphia 76ers are going to need to get a little bit of operating room, a little bit of breathing room inside that otherwise pretty packed paint, and we know just how good Bam Adebayo can be. Now, the other wrinkle with all of this is who's going to actually start with Joel Embiid out. Are they going to go with a, uh, a more traditional center uh, slash power forward situation? Is Paul Reed going to get that opportunity to start? If he does, then I definitely have a little bit of interest in him. At 4200 he has gotten a bit of a price bump, but... Definitely, he has shown that he has the capability through in the regular season when he's gotten those spot minutes to be able to put up some pretty decent numbers. He's got a, you know, a decent touch around the rim. He is not afraid to go in and get his rebounding and <clears throat> has shown the ability to want to mix it up. And that's really going to be a big part of this series, showing that toughness. Or on the other hand, are they just going to go with a Matisse-Tyble-led starting lineup, which I have a feeling they just might to try and uh, deal with the fact that uh, Miami could potentially go smaller as well and then end up just playing someone like a Tobias Harris in kind of that tweener role. So we're going to have to see how that ends up coming through. But both Paul Reed and matisse Tybell are going to definitely be somewhere that I am taking a look at when we do get the information for the starting lineups. Moving on to the Miami side over here with Jimmy Butler intending to play. He definitely comes into play as far as his price tag is concerned. It is a matchup where he's done okay. He hasn't been great from the field in the uh, three regular season games that he had against Philadelphia, shot 36 percent from the field there. But there is always going to be that revenge narrative whenever he goes up against Philadelphia. And I expect, especially in the postseason now, given the fact that this is going to be his first meeting against the Philadelphia 76ers in a while now. And at the same time, it going not be one where he constantly feels like Philadelphia missed something, missed the boat and not keeping him on there when he uh, was with the 76ers back in 2019. So there's just always a lot going on with Jimmy Butler between his two years. And if he can get himself going, he's absolutely going to be in play. I wouldn't say he's going to be my favorite spend up because we're going to talk about a point guard coming up on the uh, Dallas Phoenix game where I'm going to be really excited to go ahead and take him. already spoke about James Harden. is going to be one of my favorites in general, just based on his current price tag, as well as his projected usage. But where I do have a lot of interest on Miami is that Bam Adebayo pick. <clears throat> first and foremost, for him to be sitting at 7,300, to me in general, is just far too cheap. Yes, we saw in that first round, That uh, he only got to 40 twice in that series, but it's just frankly, he wasn't required to be all that active in that kind of a series where Atlanta was trying to play a lot more run and gun. They were not really playing on the inside. And in general, that series just wasn't all that competitive to really require Bam Adebayo to come in and do his thing. The only two games that were single-digit ones are the ones in which he was able to drop those 40 DK points. And I expect that this series is going to be a lot more competitive, a lot more grinded-out style, which is going to work well for what Bam Adebayo is looking to do. And I expect at 7,300, he has the upside to be able to hit 40 pretty consistently here and is going to be one of my favorite mid-tier picks altogether alongside... Tyler Hero, who is uh, listed questionable, but he also said that he's going to be ready to play. is expected to suit up with Kyle Lowry out. We know exactly uh, that his usage is going to be seeing a lot of increase, although the wrinkle that we saw last time around is that it was Victor Oladipo who looked incredibly fresh. He looked great in that uh, last game against the Atlanta Hawks, played 36 minutes in that one, dropped 35 DK points, and if... We do see that uh, either Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero are in any way limited. I would expect that uh, Oladipo starts to get more of those minutes as well. In general, starts to ramp up his usage. At 5,100, he's not a bad uh, dart throw to be able to put there at that mid-tier range. We know he has the capability of getting hot, and if he is looking half as good as he did in that Atlanta game, and in general how he's looking with his movement, I expect that we're going to see the Miami Heat start to rely on him for a lot more offense going forward. But that's going to be pretty much it. We're going to have to see what uh, some of these other questionable pieces end up being. uh, Whether Max Strasse ends up playing, whether P.J. Tucker ends up playing. If not, is Gabe Vincent getting the opportunity to potentially start here? If that happens, that's potentially a play that you want to keep an eye on as well. Same with uh, Duncan Robinson at 3,400. I'm not a huge fan of taking Duncan Robinson in general. We did see the one game against Atlanta where he went hot, was able to drop 32 DK points. But we know his entire value is all around whether he can get his three-point shot going and shot eight of nine in that one game and then didn't really do anything for the rest of the series and I'm sure burned a couple of people who did take a shot on him. At 3,400, it's not the worst possible uh, bet to give a shot against uh, against a, a Philadelphia team that's going to be trying to minimize as much uh, perimeter offense as possible. They're going to want someone like Duncan Robinson to potentially break that open. So we're going to have to take a look and see how that ends up being. But it's really going to be Bam, Hero, and Oladipo for me as far as my major exposure as far as Miami is concerned with, of course, Jimmy Butler always being in play. He might come up in a couple of my lineups just to make sure that I kind of carry and capture some of that uh, variance that we will have in a two-game slate. Moving on to the second and final game of the night, which is dallas taking on the Phoenix Suns to start off their series here. Dallas coming off a very, very impressive series win against the Utah Jazz. Luka Doncic is getting past the first round for the first time. So they're probably in a great space as far as confidence is concerned. Luka is really ready to keep going, really show himself as the postseason performer that he has really shown himself to be in the couple of games and the couple of series that he has had throughout his career so far but with some more success potentially on the horizon this is going to be one of those games where i expect luca to really look to make his mark as we said the uh, phoenix suns and dallas mavericks game is one that's a little bit higher paced than the uh, sixers and heat one this one at a 214 and a half point total with the phoenix suns projected to win by five and a half points. As far as the injuries are concerned for Dallas, it's pretty much the same as what we've had up until now. We know Tim Hardaway Jr. continues to be out and no other major piece is going to be of concern over there. And on the Phoenix side, no real uh, concerns there as well. All the major pieces are in play. Uh, We know Devin Booker got back, looked pretty decent, was able to play uh, 32 minutes in that last game to close out the uh, New Orleans Pelicans series. So Hopefully, he is not facing any sort of restrictions there. Beyond that, no major pieces uh, are in any way affected as far as the Phoenix rotation is concerned. Starting off with the Dallas side over here, Luka Doncic, 11,200, likely in a great spot to be able to be the highest, if at most the second highest uh, DK point scorer on the night over here. Although I do feel pretty good about him being able to go ahead and rack up a big game to be able to go ahead and start the series off. It is an away game over here in general. uh, Luca has shot slightly worse away from home throughout, uh, throughout the season so far and against Phoenix, even though he only played the one game, he did only shoot 39% on that one was still able to go and rack up 49 DK points on there on the back of the fact that he put up 23 shots. And those 23 shots are going to be something that we're going to see pretty consistently over here in the series that he had against Utah and three games he's played even when he had slightly limited minutes to go ahead and get himself started he didn't have a single game where he put up less than 21 field goal attempts and I don't expect that trend to go anywhere but up as we get into a series here where the stakes are even higher where Luca's continuing to want to prove himself and at 11,200 I believe there's enough a mid-range value that we spoke about both in the Philly and Miami side that we can go ahead and have a Luka Doncic on here as your point guard as the cornerstone of your lineup and build around the rest of that. And I'm also very happy to go ahead and take Jalen Brunson, who's sitting at 7,200, who himself is coming off a excellent and a super consistent series up against the Utah Jazz. Didn't have a single really bad game. Uh, even on his worst one, was able to drop 35 DK points. So his floor is just super secure at the moment. He's definitely stepped way ahead of Spencer Dinwiddie as far as the pecking order is concerned on the offensive end. Uh, Dinwiddie, who himself has seen his price drop to 5,600, may potentially be in play kind of as a pivot, as a bit of a contrarian pick, because I expect that he will eventually start to see his offense uh, come around as well. He's kind of taken the backside, Seat. We saw earlier on in the series where he was shooting 18, 21 times, and then since Luca has returned, hasn't surpassed 12 uh, field goal attempts. So we'll have to see how that trend changes. If Luca and uh, Brunson start getting a lot of attention on that end, he's going to be that other outlet alongside Reggie Bullock, but we know Dinwiddie has a little bit more to his game, a little bit more capability to be able to get some of those assist stats and those other pieces of his line to be able to go ahead and get that. So at 5,600, not a super exciting or super sexy pick, but definitely in play. And I would say the same thing goes for Finney Smith as well, who Again, much like Brunson, was very consistent in that first uh, in that first game, but he's never going to be that guy to really have the monster game. He did drop a 41 uh, in the closeout game, which was an excellent uh, performance from him. Uh, ended up shooting four of nine from the three-point line. And the benefit that you do have from a Finney-Smith is that the way his game goes, he will get anywhere from seven to nine uh, three-point attempts a game. We saw that throughout the Utah series. I expect we'll see a lot more of that here as well. And if he can go ahead and get uh, some of those uh, rebounds and assists that he has been getting, which has been kind of the positive wrinkle so far in the uh, postseason for him, where he's averaging about three assists a game versus his uh, regular season average of in the ones. So just more and more uh, that you'd like to see from Finney Smith, you know that he's going to play 40 plus minutes just because he's so important to the Dallas Mavericks on the defensive side of the floor. But in general, he's just going to be another one of those where if I land on him, I'm not going to be completely unhappy about it. And I do like him a lot more than looking at a Reggie Bullock or if I'm you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel thinking about a Maxi Kleba. Those are potential options as well. But just in general, I just don't trust any of those enough to want to take them with any bout of consistency. On the Phoenix side, though, consistency is exactly what you get from them not only on their rotations where you know exactly where it's going they pretty much go six to seven deep at the very most and they're all priced pretty appropriately except i do think chris paul has a decent bit of upside over here Uh, he in that first series against the pelicans Obviously, lots uh, to to do over there from a revenge standpoint as well. But just in general, Devin Booker being out allowed Chris Paul to really uh, get himself going. And even though he was looking a little tired near the end of that series over there, ended up with an absolute gem, a 14-14 night against the Pelicans to close out that series and averaged about 47 DK points in the five games that he did play, including the fact that he had one dud in there as well. So by and large, there's few people people that are going to be as consistent in this postseason and in this series, in this four series that are going to be going than Chris Paul. And as long as he's sitting in that 9,000 price range in the postseason, you know, his field goal attempts are going to go up. His usage is going to go up. And in general, he's going to be doing whatever it takes to ensure that his team ends up on the winning side. So... Definitely happy to go ahead and take him. I would say between him and Harden, if I have to pick, I'll probably go the James Harden route just because of how much more usage will be needed from his end to even keep Philadelphia afloat. But... My second favorite in that would be Chris Paul. And I do like him a good bit more than Devin Booker, who, even though he looks like he'll be off his restrictions, is still looking a little, I would say, rusty. His shot didn't look that great in that uh, closeout game. In general, he's looking like he's still kind of getting his game legs underneath him. So I'll probably give him a game or two before I really start to look into that. And especially that if he is getting back those kind of games to get himself back into the groove, his price tag will probably get to a point where it's a little bit more attractive than 8500 where I'm expecting him to drop somewhere in the 40s, and I just don't know if he can do that right now. That being said, DeAndre Ayton is probably my favorite center overall to be able to take in this uh, in this entire slate. And, I mean, that's not really all uh, that... Uh, all that much is really between uh, between him and, uh, while Bam is a, a center as well. I do think DeAndre Ayton in general is going to be a guy that's really going to be feasting on the fact that Dallas' front court is really going to struggle. That being said, I think Bam's going to do the same thing. But in general, I feel like Ayton's going to be required more on the offensive end uh, in this series. We saw him get his field goal attempts up. In the games that did stay close, he was able to drop that 60 point gem earlier on in the series and then in general has been in that consistent high 30s to low 40s range as far as DK points are concerned. So with the amount of mismatches that he's gonna have in this series here, I really do think DeAndre Ayton is going to be looked at early and often in the post, initiating a good bit of offense over there. Uh, we know that he's an excellent uh, guy in the post. And the other wrinkle that we've been seeing as of late is his passing out of the post to be able to go ahead and set some of those teammates up in the corner as well as on the wing. So lots to see and lots to like as far as his price tag is concerned at 7700 And I do have no problem taking him. We've spoken about those kind of mid-tier guys as far as uh, Phoenix is concerned in that 4,000 range, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, uh, used to be Mikael Bridges, although he's uh, seen himself get up into the uh, 6,100 range, which is, to me, a bit too expensive, despite the fact that he had that one explosion game. It's just not something that you see on a regular basis. Uh, Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder, though, are both guys that uh, have that capability to be able to do quite well for that price tag. We know that Jay Crowder, especially, his minutes are going to continue to go up as we go deeper and deeper into the postseason. Uh, he's just going to be that much more required, especially as games... Stay closer to be that effective on the defensive end. And at his price tag of 4,600, I do like him a little bit more than Cam Johnson at 4,900. So definitely something to keep in mind over there. But that brings us to the end of our two games here and getting right into the tiers itself. As I said, from an expensive tier standpoint, I think there's a couple of very legitimate options that people will be looking to build their lineup around, whether that's Chris Paul, whether that's a Luka Doncic, but I'm going to stick with James Harden at 9,800 being the guy that he's going to be my cornerstone in the vast majority of my lineups. It's not necessarily a great matchup. We know just how good Miami is on the defensive end, but I do expect that James Harden, who is going to be required to be a lot more aggressive on the offensive end, saw himself get back in the groove near the end of that last series. And even though Miami is a different beast uh, defensively, they do a lot of things in terms of being able to uh, try and trap James Harden, where he has shown his capability to be able to make those ridiculous passes to be able to find open teammates. So the more that happens, the more his offense opens up and then he'll start to be able to attack the rim, see if he can get Bam Adebayo in some sort of foul trouble. But he's going to be my favorite pick as far as mid tier is concerned. I think there's a lot of great options over here, but I am going to stick with my Deandre Ayton pick at 7,700. I expect that he is going to be that much more involved in a series where Dallas's front court just is not going to be able to handle and hang with uh, the level of talent and the level of offensive prowess that a Deandre Ayton has against very little size in the front court and just plain and simple very little skill in comparison to what he's able to offer so lots of opportunities for him to be able to get easy baskets I expect that they're going to go to him to be able to do that and as he gets a little bit more crowded once they start to see that those buckets are coming easy then he's going to be able to showcase a little bit more of that passing ability as well and just have a lot to like with his game to be able to get to that price tag pretty comfortably here. And finally, as far as value is concerned, this is where you're in a little bit of a of a difficult scenario because, as we know, there's just very little value at this point. Everyone's got their um, their rosters and their rotations very well set. I will say, overall, just given that we're looking at five thousand or less, I'm going to be looking at Jay Crowder. Most likely as my favorite in in terms of uh, the value pick, I expect his minutes to continue to go up as he becomes that much more important to what the Phoenix Suns are trying to do getting later on into the post-game and post-season. But as far as otherwise, I am keeping a strong eye out on Philadelphia. If Paul Reed ends up getting the start, then he's going to likely be one of my favorite value picks as well. So definitely keep an eye out on all of that. But that's going to be the end of the major uh, two games over here. So let's move right over onto the Thrive Fantasy side of things where there are a couple of very interesting options to be able to go ahead and take. And first of all, the one I'm going to be interested in is the Bam Adebayo one at 10.5 rebounds, 110 points for him to be over that. We already spoke about Joel Embiid being out. And we're going to have to see how they go ahead and put something together to be able to put a little bit of resistance there. But Bam is going to easily be uh, the most skilled big on the floor for both sides, and I expect that he's going to be that much more involved in rebounding in a series that is going to be very much half-court based. There's going to be a lot of missed shots. There's going to be a lot of second chance opportunities. I do believe Van Adebayo is going to take advantage of that. So that's one where I am looking at. And then on the other hand, I'm also looking at the Luka Doncic, 38 and a half points and assists over for 100. It's pretty. Pretty secure to me as far as I'm concerned. I expect his shot attempts to be in that low to mid-20s for what uh, he he needs to do to try and keep up with the Phoenix Suns. In Phoenix, they're going to do whatever he can to get his offense going, and I expect that he will be seeing somewhere in the 30s as far as his real points are concerned, which means he just needs to get a couple of assists to be able to go ahead and get himself to that requirement. But that is going to be that. This is the second round. Two games is always going to be super tough to be able to go ahead and get a lineup that you feel confident about. So multiple lineups are definitely going to be the way to go here. Uh, Decide who your kind of cornerstones are going to be. There's a couple of pivots that we spoke about as far as mid-tier is concerned, especially whether that be Hero, Oladipo, Maxi, Brunson. There's a lot of these potential options that you can go ahead and bring out here because there's really not all that many major spend-ups that you want to go at right at this moment and instead look at that mid-tier option. So definitely keep an eye out for that. I hope everyone is doing well overall. And you can reach me on Twitter at HAK underscore devil to be able to reach out to me about how your lineups are going who you are potentially looking at in terms of potential pivots and just in general any sort of feedback rate and review anywhere you're listening to the podcast that really does help us out as always but until then that's going to be it for me we're going to be back tuesday with more of the playoffs continuing but until then let's go ahead and kill some gpp's best of luck out there